It's a little exciting when the children are fighting, but they've got to abide by the playground rules. Okay, we are back uh, from apocalyptic San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, we are number one now. Yeah, way. worst uh, worst air in the world. Yeah. Uh, welcome to the playground rules. A podcast that lacks the uh, knowledge and insult. Uh, insult. <laughs> we just start over. No, no, no. let's, let's keep power going. through. A this is what we do for the people. That lacks the uh, knowledge and insight of pretty much every other basketball podcast. But, uh, uh, every other basketball podcast except the one with uh, Zach Lowe and Max Kellerman. Good lord, I do not enjoy Max Kellerman. That was so weird because it's like right? my favorite basketball mind versus like my least favorite sports pundit it was very strange yeah, very strange Max, it was like hot take soup just yeah like, he, doesn't, yeah, he t- can't turn it off he's just no you know i i assumed that that was a bit he did for his show right that if you get him off his show he would be like a normal person but it me was just too, like yeah. constant like let me tell you why steph curry is a jerk <laughs> who then, sucks at basketball he couldn't. He couldn't have a, a rational conversation. Everything, you know. Every time Lowe would kind of like try to interject and make a counterpoint, it'd be like, you know, that like really kind of flamboyant TV style. Oh my God! I can't believe you just said that. And here's yeah. why yeah, you're yeah, yeah. wrong. It's like, yeah, geez. it was. It was really weird because it's weird enough to hear someone like that talking to someone else who's like that. Mm-hmm. But to hear someone like that talk to a normal sounding person <laughs> just like it made it more apparent yeah. how ridiculous um, that is it's so ridiculous i think we spent yeah. so much also time my... talking about other podcasts on our podcast though uh yeah talk about how the Se- we could talk about how the seahawks won they but did I think anyone the, cares the packers yeah not it's a, a big, particularly that's great a big packers win. team no, no it is not it's a big win because I, I thought we were gonna lose and and i don't know we're not having a great season but whatever no one cares about football so before we get to mm-hmm. basketball, I want to uh, that. Well, first of all, I want to say, how are you holding up? Uh, for those that don't know, the air in San Francisco is absolutely atrocious, and we are not suffering uh, nearly as much as, as people who are enduring the uh, the various fires raging in California right now. But uh, but we are uh, basically living uh, in the Bay, and it's just a, a, a cloud of ash, and uh, it's it has not been pleasant. How are you holding up? Yeah, I think that's well said. Obviously, everyone out there whose uh, lives and houses are in danger have it far, far worse than we do, and we feel for them. But amongst people who are not in that situation, this is definitely not the most fun. Uh, I'm fine. I noticed that I'm like I got a little sick, and then I can't get better ever, mm-hmm. which I think is because of that. Um, my my wife is uh, is um, pointing out to me that I'm dramatically under. Uh, reacting to this uh situation uh-huh. and that it is is actually pretty crazy i guess for a while i was like well yeah this is awful but like there's so many cities in the world where this is like every day and in fact the average the worst city for air quality over the course of a year of the year is like almost twice as bad still as this is which is just horrific but her point was like yeah other places situation being awful does not make this not awful which uh she is 100 percent right about of course so i am uh, i'm definitely trying to revisit also by the way it was one more on that topic i promised her i would bring this up uh in the, our last episode uh, i said uh we said that no one listens to our podcast and then i said well my wife falls asleep to it 
Uh And she heard that because she was listening to it in the car while very much awake and wanted to Please told me I had to point out area. yeah for real yeah exactly told me I had to like uh, uh, say on the show that that is not true she listens to the show so okay. <laughs> uh, so I have now I've now done that and we appreciate uh, her listenership but yeah she's she's right this is pretty bad and it's um it got a little better for like a hot minute but now it's worse again and it, it is it's pretty crazy uh, supposedly tomorrow's gonna be even worse Really? Did you get, oh did you get one of the masks? I don't have a mask. Do you have a mask? I I broke down. I got one today. You have it, a mask? Wow. Yeah, me. Me. Reckless yeah, herb. you. Uh, it, she has a mask. It made a huge difference. I'm so glad I got it. Cause, uh, I mean, basically, I'm inside yeah. my office all day, you know? That's true. Um, I just feel like I, I've had like a sinus infection um, and just a little bit of respite just when I'm outside wearing that mask. Uh, it, it definitely helps. Um, anyway... Yeah. Uh, Stay safe out there, everybody. Use a mask. Use a mask. It's probably, yeah. I think they say it's probably going to be just through uh, next week. And then we'll have Oof. normal air again, which is awesome. Yeah. And everybody stay safe from the fire. Like, obviously, like we said, we know that we're we're not feeling the worst of it. No, not at all. Not, not by a long shot. Um, so, uh, November is something of a holiday for myself and Ark because uh, Barnes & Noble... <laughs> Does I love a, this. They do a sale of a of a, a DVD or well, a movie. Uh, uh, yes. Also, group. yeah. They do DVDs. Movies. They do Blu-rays. They curate uh, wonderful films, and they, they tend to be a little expensive because they put a lot into you know restoring it and, and supplementing the films with a, a great special features. But once a year, Barnes and Noble sells them for fifty percent off. Twice a year. Twice a year. Oh, twice a year. That's right. Twice a year. And we always uh, uh, take advantage of it. And uh, I just wanted that because you're you're an expert in the Criterion Collection. <laughs> that's true. I think I could actually say I, I will be. I'll not be humble. I will say yes. That is that is accurate. You are absolutely are. Yeah. Uh, so I wanted that the films. I got five films, and I just hey, wanted look your, at you. Your quick thoughts on what I picked up this year. Yeah. What'd you get? Okay. So one I know that you unequivocally love. I got uh, Orson Welles. F is for fake. Oh, Effort Fake is so good. Love it. Maybe oh, yeah. the Effort best, Effort one fake. of the best documentaries ever made. It's certainly the best essay style film probably ever made. It's it's just excellent. Uh, highly recommended to uh, anyone who's a fan of just uh, very unique films. Uh, it's uh, it's very surprising. It's very thoughtful. It's uh, extremely intelligent. Uh, I just love it. I love that movie. Um, yeah, so good. How do you feel about The Breakfast Club? I like The Breakfast Club a lot, but I, I have to say I haven't seen it in a really long time. And I know that uh, some of uh, John, uh, um, for, uh, John Hughes' other films uh, apparently have not uh, – have, have some problematic elements that have not really held up as well. Sure. But um, but that one I don't remember really having anything too bad like that. Although, I like I said, I haven't watched it in a long time. And after our um, – the more I think about our Teen Wolf episode, the more I'm like, Ugh, I'm a little uncomfortable with my own <laughs> feelings. But uh, – you know, I, I I love that movie. Basically, short short version. So I'm, I don't I'm think it's going to get like a complete pass. I'm sure there's a few things, uh, but I I am really fond of it. It's definitely my favorite John Hughes film. You know, I was watching a, a stage production of The Breakfast Club. Okay, really? I thought you'd be more surprised. Which character I, do you think I played? You were oh, you were in a stage production. Yeah. Uh oh, which character did you play? That, my friend, is an interesting question. 
do I, how, how generous do I want to be to you? <laughs> I'm an actor, <laughs> you know, my role's not yeah. a reflection of... Yeah, that's true. Uh, I think you were the Anthony Michael Hall role. You were absolutely correct. Yeah. <laughs> uh, awesome. Bull Durham. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I've never seen it, but I, I have it. Classic uh, Ron Shelton. Yeah, I need to watch it. Apparently, I'm, I, think I, will, I think I will quite like it. I think you will, too. Um, yeah. And was that, so, was that the fifth one? No, that's three, dude. Oh, yeah. What are the other two? So I always, when this, these come around, I always get one film that I'm not very familiar with, but I think I'll like. I actually want yeah. to save that one for last. Because the other one, uh, I, I know that you and I, I forget if you haven't seen this or if you don't like it. Uh, but I love this movie, uh, Silence of the Lambs. No, I don't like it. That's yeah. so interesting. What is it that you don't like about Silence of the Lambs? The performance by Jodie Foster. Okay. Well, I guess uh, that's fair. I find her accent so horrifically bad <laughs> that it makes it really hard for me to enjoy anything about the film. Uh, so and... it's, her, it's her accent. It's not the quality of her voice, because she does have kind of a strange voice. No, I think it's really the accent, but I don't know. I, I, it's one of the ones where I've been meaning to rewatch it for a long time. I've seen it more than once, mm-hmm. and uh, and I, I haven't watched the the Blu-ray that I own. I mean, I own it from the Criterion Collection, but I haven't watched it yet. But I'm I kind of been, I don't know, reluctant or hesitant to watch it. Uh, but I, I really, I, I will at some point, obviously watch it. But like again, but like I don't expect to like it a lot. I also think it's just one of those movies where it's. I feel like it's a bit overrated, perhaps. Uh-huh. But I really like the director, and I really like, um, yeah, I don't know. You know what? This is really weird. This is okay. Can I be like tr- crazy nitpicky for a second? Sure. Okay. So there's that scene, the famous, famous scene where she's talking to Hannibal Lecter, uh-huh. and he and he says that he ate them w- with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Yeah. And I'm like, this is supposed to be a ridiculously educated ridiculously like suave and like you know it's he's so creepy and evil because he's such like a cultivated well-educated man uh-huh. and yet he says chianti like there's zero percent chance in my mind that that guy would ever say chianti. but he's he's using an affectation when he says that I, i'm pretty sure he's mocking jody Fox. you think he's mocking her accent yeah ah maybe okay that's like I said, how that i've like always interpreted that truly nitpicky it's very very affected and affected sound, yeah, yeah. It just seems so crazy to me, but yeah, that makes sense. Okay, cool. That's interesting. You. you know, it's, it's great to have differences issue. of opinions. Um, I I personally love that movie. I think it's it's just really yeah fantastic. I don't know. I want to go so far as to call it a masterpiece. You know, yeah. We've obviously uh, discussed on the podcast before how the Oscars are completely meaningless. Um, yeah, but even uh, even within that context, you know, the fact that it basically swept the Academy Awards was a little surprising, but I, I, I think it's just a fantastic film. I think it's very entertaining. I think it's very well acted, very well written. I just love everything about it. Um, uh, yeah. I bought, I, was that the fifth one? Yeah. No, so the fifth one is one that I've oh, never seen God before. Damn, I'm so excited. Okay. But I took a gamble on it because uh, it features uh, a musician in a performance that I really like, and mm. it's um, kind of... Uh, thematically centered around a musical movement that I'm uh, really interested in. Okay. Uh, 1982's Smithereens. Oh, yeah. I haven't watched that either. I'm quite excited Cool to watch that. I don't know much about it. Um, I don't know anything about it. It's about kind of like New York punk rock and Richard Hell is in it. Uh, if you don't know Richard Hell, 
and you like classic punk, uh, I recommend checking out some of his stuff. Uh, uh, he's written some uh, classic punk anthems, and uh, uh, yeah, I'm really, really looking forward to uh, watching that. I may well watch one of these films tonight when we're done recording. That's beautiful. Uh, I have only bought a couple things this time around so well, one, far. One of them being a massive box set with like... Yeah. Yeah, I bought the Ingmar Bergman collect Ingmar Bergman Cinema, a box set with thirty nine Ingmar Bergman films. Pro- <laughs> possibly my favorite director, certainly in my top couple. Um, very, very, very excited about that. Uh, that that was yeah, and because of that, I I didn't buy much else. I bought uh, the Princess Bride, one of my all time favorite films, in a really really beautiful packaging. Like it, it's basically like a hardbound book. Yeah, I'm not a huge um, fan of that movie. Well, you're wrong. How, what? <laughs> Hold on. What? The movie's perfect. You know what? I just, I'm just not a huge fan. I don't know what to say. I just How? Think it's kind of corny. What? Oh I like, my god! I like all the supporting characters. Like, I think while Sean is great in it, I think uh, Mandy Patinkin or how do you say his name? Mandy uh, Patinkin. Patinkin. He's great in it. Uh, Andre the Giant is obviously wonderful in it. Um, but uh, the main guy, what's his face, uh, Elway's... Uh, you don't like Carrie Elway's in that movie? Not really, no. Oh, my goodness. And then the whole oh, thing is just kind know. of, like, hokey to me. I'm, you, know, you know me. I'm not a very romantic person. Uh, I find that film to be just kind of, like, just kind of dry. That is, and yeah, is not particularly crazy. funny. That is completely... It's one of the most quotable movies ever made. Yeah. Like, I, I, I am shocked. I am. Did you not watch it as a kid? Is that what happened? No, I saw that as a kid many times. What in the hell? I, I, this I is had shocking. To, it was like, you know. Everyone loves it because everyone yeah. loves it. So you'd be hanging out with a bunch of people and it's like, oh, let's watch The Princess Bride. And I'm like, here we go again. Yeah, well, this, this trash. That is crazy. Uh, I mean, you know, like you said earlier, very, maybe, you know, very correctly or very sweetly. Like everyone, opinions are good and blah 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 blah, and you're entitled to your own, you know, mm-hmm. opinion. Uh, I am, I am shocked though. Yeah, sorry. Uh, what what else did you get? Uh, I got a film called La Poison, The Poison. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it's a Jean Renoir film. Uh, I have not watched it. yet. That's what that Belle uh, Devoe song is based on, right? That is a yes, for sure, for sure, right? Yeah. Cool. Uh, I am going to uh, buy more probably. Uh, but maybe at the very end of the sale, maybe next month. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right before, right before it, uh, it ends, but I don't know. Um, I'm almost, I don't know if you know this, but I'm almost complete. Can you say you're like 40 away? I think I'm a little bit more than that. I think I'm like, but I'm, it's, it's under a hundred. It's maybe 70 away. Yeah, it is completely crazy. crazy. Uh, so before we move off the topic of film, oh, and yeah, everyone should get out there. I think the sale goes through, the third of uh, de- next month, and uh, it is it is definitely wonderful. So the many only, great things. The so, only yeah. other film that I'm really tempted to pick up is uh, The Vanishing. Oh yeah, from uh, the podcast you, yeah. appearance you did on my on the first time we ever podcasted direct together. Yeah, I've not seen it since, but I did really really enjoy that film. Yeah, it's a great film. Yeah. Uh, so speaking, of, that's kind of a great transition because there was one other film thing I wanted to just briefly talk to you about while okay. while we're on the subject, which is that I I realize I'm like a year late on this mm-hmm. but uh but you know that happens sometimes uh i just saw get out oh get out just saw get out <laughs> yeah it's, it's really more get out just what, saw it what did you think i thought it was a absolute masterpiece 
Yeah, it's a great, uh, great movie. It's so smart. It's mm-hmm. so great. Mm-hmm. It's really scary. Uh, I thought, uh, you know, obviously not like, you know, there's different kinds of scary, right? But I, I found it very, very tense and uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, and um, in a good way, you know, or not in a good way, but you know what I mean? I was appreciative of it. It's, it's a artistically just a masterpiece. And I, I'm so fascinated by so many things about it. Uh, I, I kind of want to watch it again just to see like um, now that, you know, I know what was going on. Like, I mean, I had some idea before I went in, but very little uh, just to see like all the pieces and how they come together. But like the fact that he made a horror movie out of what people call microaggressions is kind of uh-huh. amazing. Yeah. Um, and it's just, just an, a, just a, such a wonderful film. And I don't know if you know this, but it, it, it costs very, very little to make. It was a Bloomhouse film, mm-hmm. which is for those who don't know, or is it Bloomhouse or Blumhouse? I'm not sure. Well, anyway, for people who don't know, that is a extremely uh, cost conscious movie studio. They make like really low budget horror Mm-hmm. And uh, Get Out cost four and a half million dollars to make and made like two hundred and fifty million dollars. That's crazy. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I've heard some some statistic like it's like one of the most profitable films of all time. Yeah, it's also uh, one of the highest rated horror movies of all time. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I I agree with everything that you're saying. It's just it's just so intelligently done, and apparently he worked on it for like eight years, like on on the screenplay. Yeah, and uh, it, it has so many great moments where you're sort of surprised and, and devastated or shocked by, by some sudden turn of events. And, and it's probably not old enough that we should really spoil anything, but, uh, uh, no, we yeah, shouldn't spoil anything. There's so many moments like that in the film. It's just so well done. And, uh, yeah. there was like a backlash when it came out, you know, it came out and everyone was like, this is brilliant. And then for a while it was cool to be like, eh, I didn't think it was that great. And that drove me crazy. Cause it's like, this movie's so good. Yeah, I feel like that that's people I mean that's just people who want to seem like they're they're people so, who are you know, kind of trying to arc the uh, conversation. Oh, okay. Interesting. All right. Why would you say that? Why would Science you of the Lambs? I told you why I don't <laughs> like Silence of the Lambs. It was not because I'm just uh, yeah, Gary, I'm was... sorry, I'm only teasing. <laughs> uh yeah, I, I so I, the next movie for those keeping track at home, the next movie that everyone's already seen that I'm going to watch is uh, is sorry to bother is sorry to bother you. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say about that. That's what everyone says. I think that yeah. one is a little less, uh, you know. Get out is a home run. Yeah. Uh, sorry to bother you. They still score, but it's like on like three fielding errors. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I don't know. That analogy, I'm, I'm like Marco Rubio, you know, uh, Marco Rubio here. With oh like my god! Jesus, Marco Rubio! <laughs> like, a dude just needs to stop talking. I know, I know, oh, it's absolutely Lord. shameless. Um, but yeah, um, I, I am genuinely. We'll have to talk about it on uh, next week's pod. Uh, yeah, assuming yeah. you've seen it by then, I'm very, very mm-hmm. excited to uh, talk cool. to you about that movie. Right on. I should. I should have seen it by then. I mean, we'll see. But I should have. All right. So uh, that's all I have on that. I, I'm really excited for your. Criteria. Have you got? Have you have you received your films yet? I have everything but F is for fake. Okay, that's interesting. Was it back ordered? No, I actually ordered it later because I was so I ordered the four and I was like, I'm just going to get four this year. And then um, I was having dinner with a friend and I forget how it came up, but we were sort of talking about movies and and uh, things that we thought were really impressive. I think we were talking about Deception. And then I started talking about F is for fake, and I thought, oh, my God, you idiot. <laughs> you can get it for $20. <laughs> yeah. So I ordered it, and I made him promise that he'd watch it with me. Oh, wow. Okay, do yeah. I know this friend? 
Uh, probably, but I don't know if he you don't have to say them on the. You don't have to say on the show. You can tell me later. You can tell me offline. Off the off line. Mic. Off mic, I think, is what they actually say in the in the podcast biz. That's okay. So should we? What do you think? Is it time to transition? Uh, quickly, also, I saw the Guided by Voices at Great American Music Hall. Oh on yeah, Saturday, yeah. It How was, was it? Phenomenal. They played fifty-three songs over the course of three hours. They played fifty-three songs over yeah. the course of three hours. It was. I'm gonna be honest bliss. with you. I yeah. am now very happy I did not go to that show. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I, I <laughs> you're kind of like on the fence about that band. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, it's not that I'm on the fence. I, I, I just don't know enough of their stuff. Yeah. Like, I you, like what I've heard, but like fifty. That, I mean, you know, that's a like one time I went and saw uh, the Brian Jonestown Massacre. Uh huh. And that is a band I like. But uh, they played for like so long, and they played every song I ever wanted to hear them play. Uh huh. And they played for so long that I was like, I, I, I want them to stop playing now. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I, I need to go home. Yeah, I, I've definitely had that experience at shows before. But I, you know, I, I still absolutely adore Guided by Voices, and for probably about like five years of my life, they were my favorite band. And I just wow, yeah, I just yeah. So if that was my case, then I would have yeah. I just think for a, a more casual fan like myself, who I don't even know if I could name a single one of their songs, uh, it would not have been their best show for me. No, I would have like, how are, are we still here? Case, yeah. <laughs> Three hours is a long time. Oh, it was great. It was great. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm very, very happy for you. Um, they used to do like, they do like three encores that were like, like four songs each. Uh-huh. And this time around, he's just like, you know, we used to always see this thing, and you guys are probably expecting it, but I'm too old. He's like almost 60 now. So <laughs> we're just going to play for another half hour. <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah, like, I think that seems fair. I think we're all on board for that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. So, yeah, let's talk a little bit about basketball. What? Cool. <laughs> uh, that's what we're here for. Uh, eh. That's half, half <laughs> yeah, that's half of what we're here for. I was um, like, if we ever transitioned this into a movie podcast, I wouldn't be that shocked. That would be hilarious. Wouldn't that be amazing? It just ends up being a, a movie podcast. It's funny. There's not really anyone that listens to this that's like, I love everything. It's either like, man, it's, it's takes so long for you guys to talk about basketball, or oh, it's really good until you start talking about basketball. Yeah, I feel like there's more of those people. <laughs> <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm honest, yeah, the, right. at, at least I hear from more of those, so we might want to think about that. But <laughs> or we could just start a second podcast. Oh no, yeah, I mean, we can barely do. <laughs> barely we, keep we, up we, with yeah, it. we can barely do. <laughs> but um, yeah. wow, give up the dream? I'm not ready. Um, what dream are we giving up? Uh, having a basketball podcast. <laughs> oh no, I'm not giving up the dream yet. Cool. Not yet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now you put the idea out there. I might have to. Uh, I might have to edit that out. Um, wait, wait. I won't. I won't. But let's talk about basketball since we haven't given it up yet. No, we haven't uh, given it up yet. And let's start on um, kind of a downer note, but not as downer as initially thought. Um, not as downer as initially thought. Yeah. Karis Leverts of the uh, Brooklyn Nets. I almost said New Jersey Nets. Um, of the Brooklyn it's Nets. Still, they're still. I mean, I think that's fair. It's, it's still pretty fresh. Uh, uh, I forget. It was last week. Um, I forget what day. Because uh, I have not done my research. Because I'm a terrible podcast co-host. Um, no, I think that's okay. 
He uh, basically he had a, a really gruesome injury, uh, Karis Levert. For those who don't know, and probably uh, even the basketball fans listening to this won't know because no one pays any attention to the Nets. No one pays any attention to the Nets, but they, they why should. would you? No, they should. They're about well, to be. Well, they were about to be. He he was a rising star in the league. Um, he was their best player. Um, and uh, he he suffered from what appeared to be uh, uh, an injury on the level of the uh, Paul George USA Basketball Gordon Hayward first day of the season uh, leg injury. Um, it turns out it's not as bad as initially thought. He does not need surgery, and he could well return to the court this year. So that's fantastic. That is but fantastic. Fantastic news. Uh, great, great silver lining. At the same time, it, it is a bummer that he got hurt and that he's going to miss a substantial time because uh, the Nets team was starting to be, become fun, and I think people are starting to take notice. This is a very weird season, uh, as we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about more as we move forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than a couple teams, I mean, it's very top-heavy, right? Yes. Like Other than a couple teams, it feels like anyone can beat pretty much anyone on any night. Yeah. And even then, I mean, even then, but it's very, it's an, it's been a more interesting season than I think any, I, I expected. Although I, I would say like, you know, it is top heavy, but in, in the last like couple days, like the Raptors and the Warriors have both lost games that they should have yep. won or, yep. you know, we would have yeah, that Raptors won. loss was crazy. Yeah. So, so it is, it is, it's been a very interesting season so far, but of course it's always, it's, it's early and every year we, uh, we see sure. this happen. Uh, anyway, uh, Karis, please uh, get well soon. Uh, yeah, we, we're rooting for you. We really, really hope so. Um, we don't have to dwell on the injury stuff. Uh, so let's move on to this fascinating story. Um, the Golden State Warriors, you found the story arc, and I'm so glad you did, because I did not hear about this. <laughs> yeah, this is so crazy. The Golden State Warriors are offering monthly passes to their games where you, you can come to a Warriors game, you get access to the arena for only $100 a month. Sounds like a great deal, right, Ari? Right. The, is the, it not? Well, the catch is you have absolutely no view of the court whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, you don't actually get to go to the game. You get to go to the stadium <laughs> while a game is happening. Yeah. So you can hang out in the bar and watch it on TV. Yeah. At the game with other fans. Drink their overpriced booze and eat their overpriced food, uh, all of which is pretty low quality. Yeah, I mean it might be better in the new stadium or whatever, but like, still, uh, pretty crazy. Like they and the thing is, people will do it. Oh, which is even more upsetting. You know, I the the The, thing about this is I didn't know the wait list. For season tickets for the Warriors right now, the like wait list is 44,000 people. So many people. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. That is um, a lot of people. Yeah. So is... I I thought this was... So the, the funny thing is, uh, this is, it's not unprecedented for you to have like... So like uh, my wife is from uh, uh, a German city with a very popular soccer team. And they have at their stadium, they have like a... Um, like a bar restaurant attached to it mm-hmm. where you can just go in there and just get beer and like food and watch the game mm-hmm. with a bunch of other fans on TVs. But that's outside of the stadium. I mean, it's there, it's right on the same grounds, but it's outside of the stadium and it costs nothing to enter. Right. That makes sense to me. 
Because these people who pay this $100, it's not like they're getting... That just gets them in the building. Anything they do after that is still something they're going to have to pay for. It's like the most... It's a naked cash grab, right? Absurd. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And it's, it's... I mean, depending on how you look at it, you'd say, oh, that's just good business. People want to get in. They want to be in that atmosphere, uh, uh, feed off that energy and, and be able and to enjoy true. that. And that's I guess true. good for you. I mean, also be a jerk move. Yeah, I think it's like super jerky. But uh, the other thing is, though, like the, the other side of the egg is it's a little exploitative. Um, I don't know. I guess if you're about to have a, like a four hundred million dollar payroll, you got to make money any way you can. If they really have a four hundred million dollar payroll, we'll see. Yeah, well, we'll get into that. We talking like, about that I'd in even, a second. Yeah, I'd even post that as a story. <laughs> oh, really? Because yeah. we were just—that's amazing. Obviously, we're going to talk about it. Um, Obviously. Jeez, <laughs> boy, really dropping the ball. It's this era, people. <laughs> it's making it really hard for me to focus. It, it is. We're all a bit lightheaded. Anyway, uh, a hundred dollars a month. Uh, yeah, for, for hundred dollars a month or a hundred dollars a year. It's a month. Oh my god! Oh my goodness! But if you think mm-hmm. about like how many games do they play a month, like mm, a lot, twelve. Yeah, that's a lot. So yeah. that's less than ten dollars a game that you can. If that's yeah, but I'd rather pay per appealing, game. You'd rather pay what per game? Because I'm not going to go to all twelve. Well, then I mean, I'm not going to go to any, but well, yeah, this isn't for me anyway. But you know, although if when we talk about this, the, the next story involving the Warriors, I, you know, maybe it will be for me. Okay, well, not really. They're moving to San Francisco. I don't care. So, moving on. Uh, yeah, this is uh, this is just so deliciously Warriors. Uh, yeah. It's not really that offensive, but it is just like you kind of got to roll your eyes and go, man. <laughs> yeah. Those warriors. Anyway, um, this story uh, I saw, and I just thought it was kind of weird. Um, <laughs> Son Whiteside uh, of Miami Heat bought a $50,000 assault rifle, which, wow, that's I didn't realize they were that expensive. What a waste of money. Um, uh, he bought a $50,000 assault rifle that he immediately had stolen. <laughs> he let, but the, do you... Did you read this story? I did. As he practiced in the gym, he went he went for, directly from the gun store to the University of Miami for a workout. As he practiced in the Hurricanes gym for about an hour, Whiteside left his Rolls Royce <laughs> unlocked. The next day, when Whiteside got home, he noticed that his rifle bag and weapon were missing. That's amazing. Like the, the life of an NBA player. Like that's like the equivalent of like you and me being like, huh, I had a sword. I had a sandwich in my car. <laughs> like, this gets, oh my God. So, okay. So Whiteside called the police. He told detectives that he'd only been at the gun store, the Watsco center, which I guess is where the university of Miami practice. Yeah, facility, and then to his Miami beach home. After reviewing surveillance video, Coral Gables police determined that the gun was not stolen on campus as he believed. Whiteside was the only person seen to go in and out of his unlocked $400,000 car, which, by the way, also means they have cameras in that parking lot. About two weeks later, Whiteside and his attorneys spoke with detectives. During that conversation... eight more guns. Sorry. <laughs> during that conversation, Whiteside remembered that he had left the just-purchased rifle unattended in his unlocked car when he went back inside the gun store. And that is when they found it. That was, that's when it was stolen. On July 23rd, the gun and the ammunition... 
was found in a stolen vehicle in North Miami, and the silencer was later located as well. How effective can a silencer be on a gun like this? It's a, that, well, that's, uh, that's the 96th most ridiculous thing about this story. He says it's now locked in a safe. He only uses it at the gun range. He should have secured it better, which I think is the understatement of the century. And, uh, and it won't happen again. He, I, don't, I don't even... I, that is, I don't even know what to say about any of that. I'm just glad we've shared it with the people. I play a lot of violent video games, and I have yeah. no idea what a Colt M16 is. I guess that sounds familiar when I say it out loud. Um, right, but if you owned a $50,000 assault... Well, first of all, you would never buy an assault rifle. Yeah. But if you were buying a $50,000 assault rifle, even if you had Hassan Whiteside money, which is a lot of money, it, it, it's not even the money. Why would you leave your car unlocked with a gun in it? Like, just... No it's part of this makes any sense. And if you, if it's you recklessly me, irresponsible. If you ask me, once you do something like that, you should just get your gun taken away. Yeah, like you, you shouldn't be allowed to own a gun after that. You don't deserve to have a gun like that if you literally lose it within, you know, within an hour of buying it. It's, it's crazy. Um, yeah, so shame on you, Hassan Whiteside. Yeah, shame on you, Hassan Whiteside. You get our uh, thumbs down of the week from the playgrounds. Do a better job. Uh, audio, uh, audio clip for the thumbs down of the week. Forthcoming. Um, so uh, yesterday, uh, which uh, for you folks listening at home uh, is last Wednesday, unless you're listening to this way in the future, in which case, uh, uh, thank you. <laughs> um, anyway, yesterday for us. Uh, the Dallas Mavericks, who are kind of on the bad side of mediocre, uh, played the Utah Jazz, who are kind of in the, I don't know, third tier, second tier of, of good in the NBA, or at least that's where people kind of expect them to settle into. Yeah, uh, solid second tier of the West. Yeah, which is like being like the best team in the East. Um, Pretty much. The Dallas Mavericks beat the Jazz by 50 points. I didn't even watch this game, so I don't have a lot to say about it. But, like, 50 points. That's crazy. That's a couple points. Yeah. That's, um, that's not a few points. How many points did... Uh, I was trying to look this up. I want to see what was... Uh, how did Luka Doncic perform in that game? Dirk is still not even playing, right? Uh, Well, let's look at this. Let's look at the box score. Let's this take a look at this Kind of ridiculous. not super helpful graphic. No, I know. I'm going to go straight to the box score. So... Uh, Dirk is not yet has not started the season yet. Okay, and Luka Doncic had thirteen points. What? That's crazy! Oh, that's crazy! So the Mavericks did this. No one had more than no one scored twenty points on the Mavericks. Wow. Like Harrison Barnes had nineteen. Uh, Luka Doncic had thirteen. D- Dwight Powell had thirteen, and JJ Barea had fourteen. And those were the four highest scores. Like it was very balanced the uh, top scorer for uh the jazz had 11 points yeah ricky rubio oh that's a bad sign yeah yeah it's pretty Gobert did have 10 and 10 but i mean not not only i mean the, the mavericks scored 118 points which is a lot of points it feels like a lot of points yeah but the jazz scored 68 which is like 
Not a lot of points. Yeah. I mean, that's you see teams put 118 points up all the time. Like, and and that same night alone, uh, the Lakers had 126, the Suns had 116, the Thunder had 128, uh, the Grizzlies had one. Yeah, this season is is pretty crazy. Yeah, they're. I mean, that's like okay. They scored about 120 points. It's really not a big deal. To see to to see a score team score 68 points, we we might see that like one or two more times this season. It's very very rare. Yeah, I mean, it used to be every Nets uh, uh, Pistons game, but in, back in the <laughs> in the mid 2000s. By the way, Luka Doncic having a good year for rookie uh, scoring wise, but very inefficiently. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, a lot he's of like five for NBA 13. Game. Six for, you know, 15s, like a lot. He's, I think he's shooting like 46% from the field for the season. And I do it pretty good from threes. Why do you have to their moment of triumph? Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm just <laughs> saying. Uh, Trey Young, uh, in comparison, what is his what is his season story? He is all, averaging about the same amount of, amount of points. Actually, fairly similar stats. Way worse from three, but he's probably taking a lot more of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Not, not, not the most impressive rookie. I mean, is anyone in this rookie class really blowing you away so far? Uh, Robert Williams for the Celtics, but just absolutely great in garbage time. Okay, yeah. Anyone actually <laughs> realistically blowing you away this season from the rookie class? I mean, we we can't get a Jason Tatum every year. Uh, or Ben Simmons or whatever. Or Donovan you know, Mitchell, yeah, yeah. Or Donovan Mitchell. and I mean, last year had like some ridiculous levels of talent, but uh, I don't know if anyone's lighting it up right now. On the I think it's class. still a little early. Very early. Very early. Um, just like we'll talk about it as the season yeah. goes on unless we become a film podcast. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, uh, and I am mostly kidding people, but not entirely. No, um, I, I haven't yeah. seen anything that's like blown me away, um, but... Uh, uh, you know, it's hard. Like, you know, we obviously try to watch as much basketball as we can, but because we have jobs, full-time jobs, and we have lives. You have a job? No, I have a job, too. Yeah. We, we only are able to uh, kind of uh, watch so much. So these rookie players, like, uh, you know. I mean, Especially if they're on bad teams. Yeah. The last couple of days I've watched quite a bit of basketball, though. I've been really, it's been really nice. Good for you. I watched the, uh, the Warriors-Rockets yeah. game today, which we'll talk about in a second. Which um, we'll talk about in a second. I watched the Blazers uh, lose to the Lakers. I watched a very interesting Raptors-Pistons game. And I watched, uh, what was the other one? The I watched the, uh, 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 what was the other game? Another game from that. Oh, I watched the 76ers lose to the Magic. In really a, a weird, I mean, they got outscored in the final quarter by like a lot. It's so funny. And that was Jimmy Butler's debut. Jimmy Butler's debut, yeah. And, Why don't we Mar- go there? I'm hoping for Markel Fultz. We're talk about. I'm rooting Sorry? for Markel Fultz. I'm rooting for Me Markel too. Fultz. Well, yeah. Markel Fultz is in a little bit of trouble because uh, he was, uh, last week, the starting shooting guard for the Philadelphia 76ers. And they recently acquired uh, a veteran shooting guard who's arguably a little bit better in, uh, in Jimmy Butler. Arguably, <laughs> yeah. no. Jimmy Butler's obviously a, what would you say, a top twenty player in the in the league. That's something like that. I don't know. We'd have to actually do the list. But he's in he's, that range. He's, he's good. He's very very good. He's got top twenty hair too. He's got great hair. He does. Uh, he's got a lot of personality. We've talked about him. Um, I think probably on every podcast so far this year because. 
Because it's his, been an ongoing drama. Yeah. He's been uh, uh, moaning and complaining and trying to get out of uh, Minnesota for uh, the last month, two months, uh, uh, according to some reports, since the end of last season. Um, and they finally uh, decided that, that they didn't really have a choice. And uh, the Wolves traded Jimmy Butler to the 76ers for uh, Dario Saric, uh, Robert Covington, Jared Dudley, and a future second-round pick. Um, what, what do you think of the deal, Art? Uh, before I tell you that, can I tell you two facts about Jimmy Butler that you might know but might not know? Try me. Number one, he's good friends with Mark Wahlberg. I knew that. And the two have, the two have even vacationed together. And number two, he's a huge fan of country music, especially Brad Paisley, Taylor Swift, and Garth Brooks. I did know that. You're on his Wikipedia page right now, aren't you? I am. Yeah. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> he, it says that he also embraces the country lifestyle by wearing belt buckles, sporting cowboy boots, and learning to play the guitar, which is I, a weird sentence to write. I'm, I'm embracing the country lifestyle by learning to play guitar. Well, weird, that is part of the country written. lifestyle, I suppose. Is it? I guess. Uh, so what do I think about this deal? Uh, I mean, I think it's fine. Uh, for who? I Who's it fine for? Yeah. Kinda, this is sort of feels like a... a I, I read the tra- tra- draft grades, and, and most people were... I feel like this is sort of mediocre to good for both sides, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the, the, the T-Wolves came out and said they weren't looking for future draft picks, which is a weird thing to say, uh, but okay. Uh, do you buy and, that? Mm-mm, I don't know. It's it's so they're such a dysfunctional franchise as, as it turns out. They're kind of like one of the. I mean, we talk a lot about the Kings and the Knicks and whoever else, but they're kind of like low key, also extremely dysfunctional. Yeah. But, um, they. I I do buy that. I don't know. I just think it was a mess. Like the deal that people are maybe condemning them for not taking now is the Miami Heat deal. Uh, for which I think it was for like Josh Richardson or somebody. But like, uh, I don't know. The, I mean, what about the rumored Houston deal? Oh, the four picks. I'm not sure I believe that deal was ever on the table. And if it was, I'm not sure it's exactly what we heard. But either way, I wouldn't. I I I bet that was on the table, but I bet the picks were like heavily protected. Yeah, like to the point where they were basically going to all be second rounders. Yeah. Uh, I think that, uh, and they would have had, I think one of the two teams had to take on a bad money contract in that. I think not, you know, the getting, they got two players in the Timberwolves who are actually pretty good. I watched them win yesterday or the day before. Uh, and I think they will be a much better team now. They got they got the two 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 like solid role players from the uh, uh, Sixers. And if you believe that Towns and Wiggins are both transcendent or potentially transcendent, then that's a really huge pickup because what they need actually is sort of young, solid role players. They got Dario Sarge and um, uh, Robert Covington. What's his name Robert Covington, who's really good. Robert Covington is really really good. As a uh, person who's had to root against Robert Covington. Uh, four games a year because he's been in my team's division. I, I'll tell you, that guy is a real pain in the butt. And uh, yeah, uh, he's a great player, especially when he's like that fourth option. When, when yeah. you have to focus your attentions on other stars, which obviously the Wolves have, uh, Robert Covington just wreaks havoc. And yeah, so Darius Sarich has not probably hit his potential yet. He's like right. a really good player too. Right. And they're both, they're both more in the age timeline of the, uh, rest of the team like Saric is 24 Covington's a little older at 27 but they're both kind of closer in age uh, than some of the other guys they might have gotten I think it's a, a, a pretty good trade for the T-Wolves I mean it's it's not a home run because it never is uh, mm-hmm. when you trade someone like like Jimmy Butler and also the whole Jimmy Butler experience I think he played like 
70 something games for them total right like one season mm-hmm. and they gave up they didn't give up that much to get him i don't know how much anyone cares about chris dunn or or um zach levine or whatever like and and i, I guess laurie markinen that would if if they had drafted him that's kind of a big deal but like yeah i, I think it's kind of like a you know like a solid b plus it's like a what is it like a you didn't get what did you get you got 75 cents on the dollar and it's like one like a 50 cent piece and a quarter something like that um for the Sixers, I mean, you know, Jimmy Butler is undeniably a, a great player. I their team is really weird at this point. Like, I don't know how all those players are going to play together. But if they figure it out, I mean, it's definitely like you know they certainly now think that they're a a legit threat in the East. I mm-hmm. I think that remains to be seen. Uh, it kind of depends on some stuff, but I mean, they had the, it, they certainly do have uh, potentially interesting uh lineup i think the starters of that last game were uh chandler and bead simmons reddick and butler which is like a pretty cool starting lineup uh all things considered and then you bring faults off the bench with the second unit with that muscala who i like and amir johnson who i also like uh so i i think the Sixers are interesting but uh yeah i don't know there are probably players that would have been better i mean i think they would have been better served with paul george uh than not that they not that that was an option at this point but sure you know i don't know it's a weird what do you think um, I, I think it's really good for the Wolves, uh, for basically all the reasons that you just said. I think, uh, if, if your tent poles are Wiggins and Towns, um, and they seem to flourish a little bit when Jimmy Butler isn't around, uh, individually, even though the team isn't as good, um, uh, Dario Saric and Robert Covington are great people to have out there with them, um. Plus, you got what uh, Jeff Teague is the uh, the fifth starter. Yeah, now. we I mean, should not forget about Jeff Teague. He is pretty good at basketball. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty solid starting five. And, and even in the West, if they can find some chemistry, um, they they might be able to get something going. Um, for the 76ers, I I just think it's really weird. Like their problem, uh, I think it's weird for a couple of reasons. Uh, their problem so far this year seemed to be that they didn't have the depth that they had last year. And, you know, NBA logic is always whoever gets the best player wins the trade, and uh, and that's usually going to take multiple lesser players, but, you know, you never get a good return, even if it's four quarters for a dollar, and, and you could argue this is, like, what you, like, what do you say, 75 cents on the dollar, something like that? Something like that, yeah. I, I agree with that, um, all in a sense, but at the same time, it's like you're... Your problem was that you had a, 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 a kind of a lack of depth, and now you've taken away more of that depth. And you do have uh, three extremely formidable players in in your starting lineup, but they're, they're, this is they've cashed in all their chips. I know they, in theory, they'll have a max uh, a max space available at the end of the summer, but a lot of a lot of teams are going to have that, um, and. Uh, if they're going to sign Jimmy, you know, they're doing this because they're planning on signing him to a five-year deal. Otherwise, it doesn't make sense to give up that other stuff. Right. He's 30 years old. Like, what's MB? 24? Simmons is yeah. like 21, 22? Like, this I, is Simmons like... might be 20. How old is Simmons? Simmons is 22. 22. Like, their timelines don't really match up. And you want, like, so when you're... When you're... uh you know, when you have Simmons and Embiid in their 
there are peaks. You're going to have like a, a potentially washed up Jimmy Butler making like $45 million a year on that team. Like this is, this is what you, this is you cashing in all your chips and just going for it. Like their, their maneuverability now is like nothing. They can sign, you know, uh, they're going to, they're going to try to sign people like, you know, buyouts and things like that. But like they're, they they do not have really a lot else that they can do. And even though they do have that max slot in the off season, like, Who's, who's going to go to Philadelphia to play with those three? Like Kawhi's not going there. I think Kawhi's going to stay in uh, in Toronto. Yeah, I mean, they're really good. I mean, we, we can have the Kawhi discussion. The, the point is, he's he's not going to Philadelphia. Uh, Don't think so, no. Yeah, uh, Clay Thompson isn't going there. Like, I mean, there, I know there's a lot of, like, like free agents. Maybe Kyrie Irving will sign there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Maybe. You think, you think Kyrie's leaving? <laughs> no. Uh, well, I, I who knows? I'm I'm being facetious. He's obviously not going to go there because he's a point guard, and that's what Ben Simmons is. But my point is like this is just like this is a really I don't know. It just feels like a little desperate to me, and like I don't totally see how it works. I don't totally see how those like players fit together. I'm I'm not saying it's like a failure, and I'm not saying they're not better in the short term than they were before they made the trade. But I think when you look at it from a big picture sense there's a lot of stuff that that i just don't see how it works you know at at the same time i I admire uh bold moves like this in the nba and i always hope that they're rewarded and and uh i i I admire elton brand for having the guts to do this but again i personally i i just in that big picture sense don't don't really see how this plays out and i mean you have to take the risk yeah like if you're the Sixers, I think you have to go for it. You gave up, you know, two solid role players, but you got Jimmy Butler. So, and you're still going to have, you know, like you said, you're still going to have room. So I think you, you go for it. You take the chance. But yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> we'll it see. seems It seems really weird. Yeah. Can you we'll think see. of a, can you think of like a uh, championship team who had like a, a Two players within the top three that were almost like ten years apart in age. Oh, I'm sure it exists. The Lakers? Is, are you just shooting that up because they've had so many championship teams? No, Kobe and Shaq. How? What's their age difference? Uh, I don't think it's quite that dramatic. Kobe Bryant is uh, forty years old. Uh-huh. And Shaquille O'Neal is forty-six. It's only six years different, so not quite yeah. as not quite as wide. And even that, and no. And even that seemed like a huge gap. Yeah, it did. Yeah, they seemed, but they they made it work for three championships. So true. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. I mean, I guess the goal is to just get one, right? Is that the goal when you have Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid? I mean, think about all the transcendent players who. Teams never won a championship. I mean, the uh, the Thunder with Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant won zero championships. That's true. So far, the Rockets with James Harden, and by the way, the Rockets with Yao Ming and Tracy McGrady won zero championships. That's true. Right? Like, I think that you know the 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 Magic had Shaq and Penny Hardaway zero championships. Like, so I think that you you are looking for one, and then you work from there. You know. But you get one, and I mean, especially if you're a team like the Sixers, which haven't won since '83, I think, uh, I and or correct. one of these teams that have never won. So I, I don't know. I think I think 
I think you go for it and figure you'll figure the rest out later. As long because the thing is, as long as you have, it's not like they traded away. This isn't the Thunder trading away James Harden. Like they didn't trade away anyone who anyone thinks is going to blossom into uh, a superstar or anyone who's like you know going to be the third best player on their team. So if you, you so you take a swing at it, and if you miss. You figure, okay, well, we've got max spots, and there are people who are going to go want to play with those two guys in their minds, probably. I don't know if that's true or not, but I, I, I don't know. I, I think it's a reasonable uh, uh, thing to attempt. I think it's high risk. Oh yeah, I, for I sure. don't know. If, I don't know if reasonable is the word I would use. I think it's like super high risk. No, it's for sure high risk. Uh, but you know, no risk, no reward. I guess. I mean, I don't know if there's a low risk way to win a championship. I mean, even the Warriors. Who we will, you know, roast over and over again. Uh, they did draft like the first four guys. You know what I mean? They almost sure. traded. They almost traded uh, Clay for Kevin Love. They yeah. almost didn't draft uh, Draymond. I mean, you know, there's. They almost. They didn't have to extend Curry when they did. They got lucky. You know, everything is 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 high risk, high reward. Even when you get handed the second best player or third best player, or whatever in the league. So I think that. I mean, uh, your point you know. notwithstanding, it's not like any of the moves the Warriors made in that period were high risk for them. Like signing Steph Curry to a twelve million dollar a year extension. Oh, I would say not of... trading. I would say not trading Clay Thompson for Kevin Love was pretty high risk, and even even though I think that trading for him would have been higher. But risk. for them, it was like a no brainer, and they were absolutely right. They were like, "This guy's oh, I don't think it was a, a better player they, and be a better fit." I think they lost sleep over it. For Jerry West, it was a no-brainer. For Jerry West, it was a no-brainer, yeah. Okay, well, we'll see what happens. Um, it certainly makes uh, an already interesting uh, an already interesting season for this team that much more interesting, and I'm, I'm very sure. excited to, to kind of see how this develops. Because uh, Jimmy Butler is... <laughs> he's, he's yet to play on a team where he's like, I like... Everything that we're doing and the effort of all my teammates. <laughs> That's like literally never happened in his career. He's 30 years old. So, <laughs> yeah, we'll see how this goes. Um, uh, and other player movement, I guess movement's not the right word, uh, but in other personnel change news. Um, sure. The Rockets and Carmelo Anthony have uh, agreed to part ways. After other... 10 games. Yep. 10 uh, games. It's worth noting that uh, in the first game since that announcement, uh, the Rockets proceeded to just shellack the Warriors, who did not have to have Steph Curry, but they just absolutely trounced them. Um, By the way, Draymond Green in that game, 24 minutes, no points. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Apparently at the uh, post-game press conference, uh, they had a, uh, DeMarcus and Steph Curry sitting in between uh, Kevin Durant and Draymond Green. Oh, my God. This is such <laughs> nonsense. Okay. Drama. We're getting uh, ahead of ourselves, though. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I I mean, what is... God, I mean, Carmelo Anthony... have Who has fallen faster than Carmelo Anthony? I mean, this is making Dwight Howard look reasonable. Like, I mean, I he, he at least makes it through entire seasons. And I, no one is saying Carmelo's a cancer. I, I This is crazy. Like... You know, yeah, yeah. No one's saying anything bad about him. No, um, no one's saying anything bad about him. They're just saying it didn't work out for the team. Yeah, the role didn't make sense. But it's just crazy. Ten games, and where does he go now? Yeah, T- to me, the craziest aspect of it is. I mean, don't get me wrong. It is crazy that it is after just ten games, and yeah. we will use that adjective over and over. Um, yeah, the whole thing, crazy, completely crazy. But there, there's no terms yet. 
Oh, I know. They just announced that he's gone, but yeah. they have no. They haven't. They haven't bought him out. They haven't traded him. They haven't cut him. They haven't waived him. They haven't done any of this stuff. They're just like he's not playing anymore. Yeah, we're just not. We don't play him. We don't we'll know how this him. is going to shake out, but he's not playing. Yeah, <laughs> we will pay him the rest of the season if we have to, but we are not going to play him. That is so wild. And you know what? I mean, the thing that makes this kind of sad is like they're sort of right to do it. He's like, I don't want to use any of those like real those like kind of mean-spirited expressions that people tend to use, but I, the guy's just, you know... He's pretty <sighs> washed, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how else to say it, I guess. Yeah, he's 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 not the Carmelo of uh, of of old. Um, no. And he's, he's only, like... I mean, isn't he, like, the same age as Chris Paul? Uh, if if not younger. Yeah, it's Which, unbelievable. Uh, he's, I mean, he's not, he's not an old... Uh, he, yeah, I don't know. He is uh, 34. So he's not young, but but still. Nothing would turn me into like a bigger Carmelo fan than if he just found his way onto some team and just like found a little bit of his, his groove again. That, that would be amazing. Um, very that would unlikely, be amazing. But that would I, be I think what he needs to do is get the braids back, <laughs> and then I think it will all flow. How can you joke at a time like this? <laughs> <laughs> I'm only half joking. That's how. Uh, like, oh, my goodness. It's Maybe crazy go, how. Well, what if you went back to the Nuggets? That'd be great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, someone's going to take him. Uh, the, the problem is, oh, for sure. The problem is, like, the kind of team that would take him is the Knicks. But that ship has kind of sailed, you know. I don't want him to go back to the Knicks. I don't no. want him to either. I'm just saying, if he had, if he had never been there, uh, a superstar at this point him. in yeah, his yeah. career mm-hmm. is like, yeah. yeah. That's their. They'd give it's him like a three-year deal. Crack cocaine to the New York Knicks. Yeah, they would give him a three. <laughs> year deal yeah um really weird really sad uh it seems like there's not anything else to the story i mean really sad is maybe a little bit hysterical but like you know no this is the saddest i've ever heard in my entire life (laughs) it happens so fast that you kind of think (laughs) like oh what's there's got to be something that we don't know maybe he's hurt maybe there's a chemistry issue and it's like no he just like he's old and he can't play basketball good anymore yeah it's crazy. Yeah. It is completely crazy. Um, great career. Uh, hopefully it goes a little longer. Hopefully the guy gets some other taste of glory because this has got to be pretty humiliating. Yeah. I don't. I do not remember uh, this. It ever happening quite like this, where it's just again like, hey, it's just gone. Yeah. I don't know how, but you're not playing anymore. No, I'm. I'm saying like like when usually when teams hit this point with a player, they at least like. Wave him, stretch him, uh, trade him to something. But again, like just like you're done. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. This is uh, this is another one to keep an eye on. Uh, uh, boy. By the way, uh, DeAndre Ayton is apparently averaging 17 points and 10 rebounds a game. So that's impressive. He's the I winner. I just haven't seen the Suns play. He's the winner so far. Yeah. Yeah. He. You know what? Uh, I saw him. Uh, I've seen him play a little bit, and he is he's pretty good. It's going to take some time, though, you know? Like, uh, these guys got to work their way into my familiarity. I'm not going to buy into the hype and immediately. <laughs> Don't buy into the hype. Can I, can, I, can, I, can I bring up a non-basketball thing really briefly? Sure. Did you see that new Miami Marlins logo? No. Oh, man. Can you send it to me? Yeah, I'm sending it to you right now. Okay. 
Man, you uh, halted the momentum of that conversation as almost as abruptly as Carmelo's skills evaporated. Ah, we were done talking about Carmelo. Yeah, you're right. Okay, let's take a look at this logo. The Marlins of Miami. Hmm. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of uh, something that we will not get to talk about this week, but it reminds me a little bit of the uh, Miami Heat uh, City jersey. Next week, next week, people. Yeah. Interesting. You don't like it? Uh, no, I wouldn't say that. I think it's a little... There are things I like about it, and then I think that it's a little minor league-ish, but hey, sometimes it takes a while. It's, it's not like immediately like, oh my god, but I, I like the lettering. It's a little gaudy. I, yeah. I liked their sort of tropical color scheme. I will yeah. miss that. Yeah, um, I don't know. I don't know. But I have to say, I don't hate it. I don't I hate, hate it. it. It's just kind of a little generic. For those of you at home who want to follow along, uh, just uh, Google Miami Marlins new logo. Yeah. Just go to their Twitter account at Marlins. Just go to their Twitter account. Yeah. Well done, Derek Jeter. Um, so we uh, we will do our NBA City Edition jersey rankings. Well, we're not going to rank them. We're just going to go through. No, them we're just going we to poop on them. Uh, we're going to poop on some of them. And we're going to poop gonna on some of them. We're going to love some of them. Yeah. Um. Unfortunately, we can't get to that because we need to discuss uh, one more story. One more story. Uh, man. So this is a uh, this is a pretty interesting one. Um, what I forget what day it was, but the the Warriors were playing the uh, uh, Clippers without Steph Curry, without a prayer. This was on uh, Monday, right? Something yes. like that. It was on Monday. Um, they were at LA uh, against the Clippers. Um, in the end of regulation, uh, with six seconds left, Draymond Green had the ball. Uh, and uh, Kevin Durant was very uh, urgently trying to get his attention and get him to pass the ball to Mr. Durant. And... Green ignored him, uh, tried to make a play himself, and just lost the ball, uh, sending the game into overtime, uh, and the Warriors would go on to, to lose. There was a massive uh, altercation between Durant and Green, verbal, a verbal altercation between the two on the court uh, that apparently resumed in the locker room after the game. No one knows exactly what was said, but... Uh, it must have been pretty serious because the Warriors suspended Green for a game without pay, which they've never done before. Mark, um, what are your thoughts on all this? Yeah. Uh, I think that it's not ultimately going to matter at all, uh, uh-huh. one way or the other, in about a week. But right now, it's weird. And I assume like many people that there's more to this story that we probably will never know, but we certainly Mm -hmm. don't know now Mm -hmm. that even the most intense versions of what I've heard was said. Don't feel like they weren't quite this level of scrutiny. Of course, Mm -hmm. this is the warriors. So, you know, that just is what happens to them. Um, I think it's worth note. Yeah. I I think, I mean, I think Kevin Durant's leaving at the end of the year anyway. So I don't know. It's just that in general, like with LeBron, like with anyone, 
that when this happens, when there's this much buzz that someone's leaving, when everyone who's way more connected than we are, which is everyone, yeah. to the NBA says that something is probably maybe happening, it's probably happening. So right? your like, reasoning is is when there's smoke, there's fire. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. No, I mean that's that's totally fair. I just I there there there's obviously people that are privy to information that we're not privy to. Um I just just find it so mystified. Like why why would you leave? Because <laughs> he's a him? he's a weird dude, man. He's very strange. He's just a weird dude. I mean like why what was Kawhi's and, deal? Some people are just weird. Don't get me wrong, it is everything that I want. I would yeah, so this is what I was yeah, kind of yeah. alluding to earlier. If I'm gonna be right, be real with you right now. If Kevin Durant leaves, I will start liking the Warriors a little bit. I'm not gonna <laughs> be a Warriors a fan. Well, I'll stop disliking the Warriors. Uh, I mean, they won't be the big bads anymore. I mean, they'll, yeah, they'll still be, they'll just be whatever because obviously they won. Yeah, they'll still be great. They I mean, won they don't two games without Kevin Durant. Well, and have you noticed they never play well without Curry, like ever. Yeah, there was a stat. I watched the game today against the Rockets, and it was like over the last 60 games, uh, they're like 20 and 40 without Sifford. Or not over the last 60 games, over the last 60 games without Curry. They're like 20 yeah. and 40 without him. It's just they don't play well without him, even with Durant on the team. Which is crazy. Yeah. How is that possible? I Because I think he's so fundamental to the geometry of the way they play. Yeah. That yeah. They, don't have a, they, don't, they don't know how to play without that warping effect. But yeah, that was their season low. 86 points they scored. That's pretty incredible. And um, I mean, Durant had a good game, more or less. I mean, he always does, right? You look up and it's like, oh, Durant had 20 points. Like, it wasn't a super efficient game. Six for 15. No, I mean, they hit, oh my God. Only Quinn Cook hit a, Quinn Cook and Jay Evans. They made four of many, 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 four of 18 three-pointers. Of course, the Rockets made 16 of 47. Holy but, moly. Yeah. Yeah, but no, like, I mean, if you look at, like, yeah. James Harden, he was, like, what? like he was, Four for uh, 14 yikes. and eight for 23 on the, from the field. Yeah, nobody oh. had, like, a – neither team had a very efficient game. Um, uh, James Ennis was uh, seven for 11. Yeah, one player. But he's, like, <laughs> the only guy on either team that had a particularly efficient night who had more – you know, in the more than four-shot division. Uh, but, uh, uh, y- you know, I, I just think – I just don't think this is going to matter much. I think everyone knows that, you know, egos and people and blah, 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 blah. But I will say that the suspension part is sort of the interesting part. And I I do wonder if it is as simple as, we want Kevin to stay here, which is like such a dumb reason to do something like that. But, you know, sometimes this stuff is just like that. To overpunish Green to endear yourself to Durant. Feels like a weird move, right? Not only does it feel weird, it feels like pretty dumb. Because... Obviously, you want to ingratiate Kevin Durant, but Draymond Green is uh, is a pretty volatile dude. Like, I don't know. I I can't see him just being like, okay, I'll just behave from now on. Um, yeah, yeah. it'll be it's interesting weird. to see. This this team's chemistry has always been a little interesting, with uh, you know, Kevin Durant being so odd and Draymond Green being so kind of outspoken and hot headed. Um, It'll be really interesting to see what uh, what goes on. I, I think you're right. I mean, if anything, I'd say the Warriors' uh, title odds in in my eyes went from 100 percent to 99.9 percent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, 
Gosh, I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> also, we with the Durant, the Durant stuff, like for a guy who doesn't really seem to know what he wants, like from moment to moment, um, I, I, it's just so hard to predict one way or the other what the guy will do at the end of the year. But I mean, if they win another championship, I just I don't know why he would. I hope I'm wrong, and I, I hope that yeah, I hope that all that smoke is due to the good kind of fire, not the kind of fire whose smoke we've we're been inhaling all week. Yeah, yeah. But the fire of Kevin Durant's uh, basketball wanderlusts. <sighs> um, yeah, I thought we would have more to say about this. Uh, no, I mean it's been so over talked. You know, people haven't talked. Yeah, it has been it has been discussed endlessly. Yeah, I know. I said I, we talk about other people's podcasts too much, but um. Uh, it's really uh, the stuff that Zach Lowe's been saying about like Draymond Green's future in the NBA. It's like very interesting to me. Me too, especially because he seems to be on an island right now. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, uh, Bill Simmons put out a tweet uh, yesterday, or maybe it was a couple days ago, when when this was all kind of at a, a fever pitch, uh, suggesting a Draymond for Al Horford trade. <laughs> That's a weird one. Yeah, I mean, no, thank you. <laughs> No, thanks. yeah, that, that would bum a, me out so much. Yeah, that's a weird one. Um, yeah, I, I think I think you're likely right. Like, I think a week from now we'll forget about this. This is just the time of the year where every little thing and every medium thing uh, uh, turns into a huge story because there's not a lot to talk about because you know we're like three months away from the dog days. <laughs> uh, right, right, right. But it's a. Uh, it was a. Uh, it was. A really kind of fascinating thing. Um, By the way, did you see the second half of that Horford for Green trade? Uh, no. Sean Livingston for Terry Rozier. Hell no. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I guess it would depend on how many years Sean Livingston Livingston has on his contract. I think two. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. No. Two, two years at eight point three per. I think not. Yeah, I think not too. Cool. Um. I think that just about does it. Yeah, I feel like this was a good show. Yeah, nice and tight. I'm sorry for yeah. the sound quality. Um, I'm just, like, dumb. It won't sound that bad, I don't think. We'll still love you, or at least tolerate you. I've definitely done this before, and... Yeah. Yeah, it, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Um, <laughs> right on. <laughs> you got anything uh, on uh, fun on the dock the rest of the week you want to talk about? Uh, I don't think so. How, how many... Days of Filmstruck are left. Not that many, and I have had so little time to watch. I think there's two weeks exactly. You gonna watch something tonight? No, it's too late. But uh, but I will watch something. This, I watch some things this weekend. I have like it's a too late. It's only like ten o'clock. Yeah, I go to bed a little earlier than you do. I guess so. Yeah, I have a different schedule. Remember how far away my job is compared to how far away your job is. Oh, that's right. Because you got to go from Oakland to San Francisco. No. <laughs> Sorry, not, not at all what I do. <laughs> it's not not at all what my commute is like. Uh, so you know, and tonight's a little late, but I will watch some stuff this weekend. I have a list, trying to work my way through it. I've kind of accepted the fact that I won't get to see all of it, um, and that's okay. I mean, you cool. know, cool. Are you uh, doing anything for Thanksgiving? Uh, yeah, my just going to my uh, parents' house. Do you guys do like a traditional? 
turkey stuffing, all yeah. that good stuff. We do, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's really fun. Yeah, it'll be nice. Uh, invited uh, a coworker of mine. Turns out that uh, her and her spouse live across the street from my parents, so they're going to come over as well. Uh, and I think actually wow. we're doing a double Thanksgiving. We're doing a lunch Thanksgiving with my sister in law, and then a and her husband and and kids and stuff, and then a. You've worked at Thanksgiving. your current job for how long? Uh, eight months, I think. So you've known this coworker for eight months. You invite him to your parents' house for Thanksgiving. How long have you known me, Art? Did I mention the fact that they live across the street from my parents? I live in the same city that your parents do. No, you don't. Oh, I thought they lived here. No, they live in Oakland. Oh, well, so far away. You're not going to... If I had invited you, you wouldn't go. Doesn't mean that I'm not allowed to have... You want to come? ...hurt feelings. I have plans. Yeah, well, there you go. How long have we been friends? Uh, that's a really good question. I, I don't know that I'm sure. I guess probably since 2014? It's been, yeah, it's been almost five years. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's a sad, sad, sad state of affairs. We should have, we need to have like a, we need to have a, we should have like a five-year friendship uh, celebration. A friend anniversary. Maybe that's when we finally like take a trip together somewhere. Yeah, we well, we still like need Vermont to. Or, yeah. Oh, dude, I want to go to Vermont so bad. You would love it. Would I love know. It. I need, we need, okay, let's make that happen. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, we're going to have to do it next year because uh, Vermont is going to be uninhabitable for yeah, the next Yeah, we're going to wait till the spring, right? No, we'll go next fall. Oh, next fall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Book, it. Book it. <laughs> and we might see you at Summer League. Who knows? That'd be great. Um, yeah, I would I'm love in. to. I would love to. I still uh, have anyway. like two things here for you, by the way, so we need to hang out soon because I need to give them to you. Uh, are they things that I know that you have, or are they? Well, you know about one of them. Weird. Um, I guess because you're being cryptic, I'm going to not press you for details. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. It's not that big of a deal. Is it what? the drugs? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like a pop filter. Oh, right, and, right, right. For the microphone, yeah, yeah. And then it's a. I think I actually did tell you it's like a wizard statue. A wizard statue? Yeah, I'm giving you a wizard statue. Uh, why don't you give the wizard statue to your coworker and let me come over for Thanksgiving? <laughs> You're more than welcome <laughs> to come over for Thanksgiving. Uh, um, but I'm still going to give you the wizard statue. How big is it? Not that big. Why are you giving me a wizard statue? I don't know. It feels very you. Okay. Well, uh, if you don't want it, you don't have to keep it. Okay. Deal. Um, Arik, it's been great to talk to you. I'm oh, so you glad too, man. Uh, that basketball is back. And yeah. uh, I hope everyone out there in Playground Rules Nation is excited for next week because we're finally going to do the episode that everyone's been waiting for. So please, please stop emailing. It's coming <laughs> next week. Unless more and, crazy stuff happens. Unless more crazy stuff happens. <laughs> 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 the NBA City edition episode of Playground yeah, Our Rules. thoughts. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. All right. Bye, everybody.